So I wanted to follow up on the conversation that I had um, with Brian about what's been going on with my health. And um, I've been public about some of it on Twitter, especially last year when I uh, shared that I was having spine surgery uh, and, you know, yeah, all of that. Um, it's been a really tough few years. I've uh, been hospitalized a number of times. I've had to rush to the ER a number of times uh, because of one thing or another. Um, not sure that I captured <laughs> the full extent of just how debilitating, awful, um, painful all of this has been. Uh, and owing to medical neglect, even though I have insurance and I have, you know, um, I know how to navigate these systems. None of that matters. Um, none of that matters. And I spent the last few years bouncing from specialist to specialist to specialist uh, and being prescribed medications that I can't take, that I have horrible allergic reactions to, and that that whole process in and of itself has been super disruptive to my life. Um, for the past three, going on four years now, pre-pandemic, I uh, have spent most of my time in bed, struggling to move most days, in excruciating pain, level seven or higher pain. And if you've not dealt with chronic pain, I think it's hard to fathom just how excruciating level seven pain is or eight or nine or 10. Uh, and to live with that kind of pain for days, weeks, months, years with no relief is not great. And it's made everything else in my life extremely difficult to attend to. I I'm doing a really poor job of describing this in part because I, I'm not sure just how much of this I want to share publicly and how much I want to keep to myself because I, I'm, it, it's just like I don't need another thing to make my anxiety go through the roof. Um, and that's something also that has been um, really hard to deal with. Uh, it 
I had not had anxiety um, until pretty late in life, and uh, it's been it's been a long time now that I've been living with anxiety. But I was I was well into adulthood when I had my first panic attack, and uh, I can remember where I was, what I was doing when it happened. And it's just been, you know, written off, dismissed as a kind of, you know, oh, well, you're in menopause. Oh, you're experiencing a lot of stress and all kinds of things, right? So the medical industrial complex has all kinds of wonderful ways to gaslight us and make us think that the thing that we're dealing with, that we're living with, um, is owing, you know, is our own fault. And that is horrendous. That's, I mean, medical neglect in a nutshell. Um, I have seen more specialists than I can count. Uh, I have been prescribed more medications than I I would even know what to do with. Um, Most of them I have had really horrible reactions to, um, including severe allergic reactions uh, that has meant that I can only take a handful of medications that are safe for me. And so that limits my range of options in terms of treatment. So that complicates what I'm experiencing even more because my doctors are like, well, you're just unwilling to take this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm unwilling to take this thing because it's not just light nausea or, you know, a a headache. It's, you know, vomiting. (laughs) I'm breaking out in hives. I am having trouble breathing or, you know, a range of other symptoms, which they want to chalk up to all kinds of other things, right? So whatever it is at the end of the day, it's my fault because I'm unwilling to just give it a go. And I can't give it a go if I can't fucking stand up. So there's that part of it. And yes, I am beyond frustrated at this point. I've had to take a break from this ridiculous cycle of going from specialist to specialist to specialist, having blood tests done and having everything come back normal, having scans and all kinds of things done and having all of that stuff come back normal and being told that, you know, it it just, maybe I just need to go to therapy and all of this other stuff. And there's so many problems with that, but I'm just going to outline a few. One, it engages in victim blaming. I'm being blamed for all these things that are really systemic problems that are happening, not just to me, but to a lot of other people, right? Medical neglect is a thing that's happening to us collectively because we live in this shitty ass country and we have this shitty ass system. 
the other thing is that a lot of these uh, treatments are inaccessible to many of us, including me. I have been unemployed for years now, years. And I've looked for work. Um, I have (laughs) submitted so many applications and what have you. I'm in my car, so you hear the, you know, police uh, sirens because of course. Um, and, and nothing. So I haven't been able to work because one of the things that you need to be able to do when you work is you need to be able to be consistent. You need to be able to show up. Um, and there are days when I simply cannot do the thing, um, whatever the thing is. If I can't get out of bed, uh, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's just a me thing. I, I know that there are so many other people who've had and have been talking about, you know, their experiences not getting um, not getting work and dealing with um, their disability and chronic pain and what have you and, and how that complicates um, everything. So I'm in this place where, you know, for a while I've been in and out of therapy most of my life um, and I just can't afford it, right? I, I cannot afford to go to therapy. I also cannot afford so many of these white therapists that I need to educate. Because inevitably, even if I screen them and ask and, you know, all the right questions or what have you, I end up in a situation with, you know, um, a therapist that knows very little to nothing about the PIC, uh, doesn't understand, you know, why I do the work that I do. And I end up having to defend why I'm showing up for my own kids, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, and it's really hard to find radical therapists out there who are you know, have availability in their schedules and, you know, are in my state and all of the things, right? Because there are all these other barriers to, um, to getting, you know, uh, treatment other than just saying, oh, well, you know, just get a therapist. All therapists are not created equal. And, um, yeah, there may be, Things that, you know, are beneficial and, you know, in really desperate times, I've gone with whoever, but I just can't do that. I can't give the money. I can't give the time. I can't give the energy because I end up being more harmed in the end than if I just didn't go to therapy at all. So there's that part of it. And then there's just the time and the energy as well as the money that it takes for someone who's living 
with chronic pain or any chronic condition or any disability um, that we have to put energy into upholding the illusion that something is being done, right? When we go to all of these appointments, I have been to countless specialists. I have literally lost track of how many specialists I have gone to, right? Because it's just like every other week, it's I'm given a referral or, you know, it's like, go see this person who tells me to go see this other person who tells me to go see this other person and on and on down the line. And I'm tired. I'm just exhausted. And at the beginning of the year, I was referred to another specialist and I, I had to tap out um, of this cycle for a while because it's just been so much work so much work to call an office to make the appointment. I was referred to a specialist when, (laughs) when you get treated like shit, when you call the receptionist, you know, that's not a place you need to go. I don't care how good the doctor is. And I had this experience not long ago when I was referred to a specialist and I was It was suggested that I go to one of the major hospitals in my area, teaching hospital, what have you. Great. Okay, cool. And I called the specialist and the um, scheduler said, well, you know, what is your diagnosis? I said, well, that's what I'm coming in for. I need to know, you know, what's happening here are my symptoms. Well, you need a diagnosis. Okay, so I explain again. No, but you're not understanding. Without a diagnosis, you're not going to be seen. And I said, well, I have these diagnoses, you know, what I'm currently dealing with and my doctor's been able to identify. Um, And they're like, no, what diagnoses do you have for this, you know, that this particular specialist um, can treat? And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? And they they just refused to schedule the appointment. So then I had to go through and try to find another person. And things move very quickly um, (laughs) with insurances and who's in network, who's out of network and all that stuff. So then you have to, as a patient, um, as a customer, because we're customers, we're not patients, we're customers. um, You have to keep track of those things. So, you know, I've had the experience where I show up to a doctor's office and then, you know, I'm told, oh, well, you know, you were tier one and now you're tier this and whatever. And all that means that you end up having to pay more because of whatever, you know, nonsense um, went on in the office and how they categorize that stuff for billing. Great. Great. Again, when you're unemployed and you have no income, right? Because I think the people here, I'm unemployed and somehow I'm figuring it all out and I have, you know, this great plan or whatever. There's been no plan. There's been no plan. I have one person in my life and to protect their privacy, I'm not sharing, you know, who they are, who finances, 
my existence, basically. And they shouldn't have to. And they shouldn't have to. So I am very, very careful about how much of a, you know, how much I lean on them so that because they have their own shit that they have to take care of. And it's just a really shitty position to be in. It's really shitty position to be in. Um, it's exhausting. It adds more stress on top of stress on top of stress. And in order to not just completely give up, I have tried to just focus on creativity, um, which sounds silly and maybe cliche or whatever, but um, not going to all these specialists or not having to go through that process of making 100 calls a week um, to schedule, you know, appointments and, uh, and confirming, you know, things is, has removed a level or a layer of stress from, from my life that, that I needed. Um, yes, I still need to go and figure out what the hell is happening, um, with me, but I've also been recovering from spine surgery and I had that surgery outside of the country. Um, I, have um a lot of experience with medical tourism and uh I went I I went outside of the country to get to get spine surgery in part because for more than a dozen years I was told that there was no no treatment available um that the only treatment were, you know, these horrendous drugs that I couldn't take, um, that the only treatment was, you know, um, physical therapy, which I couldn't do because I was in excruciating pain. Um, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I I couldn't, I, I couldn't take it. It was just entirely too much. And I found a surgeon who does does these surgeries routinely um and thankfully I was able to you know to access that and uh and to travel and to have the privilege to be able to go um somewhere where they could take care of me um and could take care of that one problem. And having having uh, the issue that I had with my spine alleviated, like immediately, immediately. Uh, I was in a lot of pain when I came out of surgery, but I could tell that things were different. And I had a, the pain that you have from, you know, having an open wound and all those things, right? Or not an open wound, but having surgical wounds and what have you. Um, it's not the same kind of pain that you feel. Um, 
If you have back problems, you know. And my recovery took a lot longer, in part because I have chronic pain um, in the rest of my body and because I'm older and because stress and a lot of factors, right, uh, went into it. So for the past year, I have not been able to do much of anything. Um, I have kept my life, my life has really shrunk. Um, I've kept my life very, very small. Um, not leaving my house, I barely, you know, I go out once a week. Uh, to get groceries and um, if I'm feeling you know really excited about things then I would go maybe to the dollar store Um, but other than that I wasn't even visiting my sons for the most part um, for the better part of a year Um, and it's not until this year that I've been able to get down there to visit them on a regular basis Um, So any other travel was out of the question. Uh, Anything else would have been out of the question. Um, And that's pretty much my update. Uh, It's probably a lot longer than it needs to be. uh, But it just... I just wanted to share that with listeners in part because I feel like it's something I've wanted to do and I wasn't sure how to do it. Um, and I don't have, you know, nothing's resolved. Nothing may ever be resolved. I have no idea. Um, am I hopeful that I could find better management, um, better treatment than I am currently receiving? Yes, absolutely. Um, but that's a fight. And you have to have energy to keep fighting. And there's only so much energy that I have to go around. And I have to conserve <laughs> my energy for the the most important things. Um, and yes, I am an important thing, clearly. Uh, but you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, um, I appreciate y'all listening and giving uh, me space to talk about this. Um, Yeah, thank you so much.